From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. This week, we're talking about a group that you may have heard of, the patriotic millionaires. They've been advocating for higher taxes on themselves for about a decade now. And with the leading Democratic candidates for president all advocating for new taxes on the wealthiest Americans, they believe they are finally moving the needle on their cause. Morris Pearl chairs the group. The former managing director for BlackRock now devotes his time to his advocacy work. He lives off the proceeds from his investments, and that means that he pays a lower tax rate on that investment income than most of you listening do on your salaries. He joined me to talk about why he would change that and how he views some of the tax promises from the campaign trail. Give us a progress report. Where are you today? What's the status of your cause? Well, I mean, obviously, as you and your listeners know, the tax system in the U.S. today is much less progressive than it was a few years ago after the uh, changes that were made at the end of 2017. But overall, I think we've made a lot of progress in sort of moving the needle in the national narrative in our direction. The group started in 2010. We were then trying to convince President Obama to let the Bush tax cuts expire just for the wealthiest. And that happened. Um, you know, he, President Obama allowed the um, tax cuts to continue for another two years and it compromised the Republicans. But then they realized we were giving them the political space to do what they wanted to do. And the president actually invited us to stand with him at the podium when he gave his famous Buffett Rules speech on April 15th, a year later. And since then, I think we've done a lot of progress in sort of moving the national narrative, actually raising taxes on the wealthy. Even a wealth tax was not even part of the conversation a few years ago. And it's front and center today. So, yeah, I think we've made a lot of progress with the patriotic millionaires. You raise an important point, right? How the wealthiest Americans are taxed is is a part of the presidential debate right now. How does that impact your cause? How does that impact? Do you do you take hope in that? Does that hurt your cause that there's so much attention on that issue right now? Well, it's, it's great. I mean, I think one of the people who is distinctly likely to be the next president of the United States, is talking about several, I mean, several of those people are talking about making our tax system more progressive and actually having meaningful taxes on the huge amounts of wealth that the top 1% of the top 1% have been amassing over the years. So yeah, I think we've made huge progress over the last few years. And I think things are a lot more likely to move in our direction now than was the case a few years ago. Gauge some of the election promises that we've been hearing from some of the Democratic candidates as it relates to taxes. Is there any one idea that you think is likely to be realized? Is there a novel approach that you're hearing to this issue that you like? Um, You know, or is there any one proposal that you just see this isn't feasible? It's not realistic. You don't expect it's going to, to happen no matter who gets elected evaluate some of those proposals. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but all of the candidates have been talking about have been talking about changing the system so that people who get their 
income from their wealth as investment income pay the same kind of tax rates that people who work for a living been paying all along. I think that is a huge change that we've seen over the last few years, a huge change in the dialogue. Currently, people like me who don't work but have plenty of money from investments pay much lower tax rates than people who actually work for a living. And there's no, no justifiable reason for that. People are going to invest their money and they would rather get 70% or 50% of their investment return than not invest their money at all and get nothing. So I, we don't see any reason why people who get their money from their investment returns should pay lower tax rates than all of the Americans who actually work for a living. That seems ridiculous. Several of the candidates are talking about actual taxes on wealth, and that makes a lot of sense to us. Because even when you look at the person who first stated the Buffett rule, Warren Buffett himself, he talked about how he paid a much lower tax rate than his assistants pay. And that's because virtually all of his income is investment income from his investments. And that's fine, but his investment income, and he actually allows his tax information to be public, was about $12 million, of which he paid less than half of that in taxes. That's fine, but his increase in wealth, the amount of money he actually made that year, was billions of dollars. So no amount of taxes on just his taxable income of a few million dollars would make any kind of a reasonable dent in the amount his wealth increases every single year. Because effectively, he's making billions of dollars a year as the value of his company that he owns a large part of goes up and up and up and up. And that his taxable income is only the amount that he sells in little bits every year that he does to make money to live on. And that's fine, but we need to have a, some kind of a wealth tax in order to make any kind of a change in the amount of inequality we're seeing in the United States today. Plenty of middle-class Americans have been paying a wealth tax every year on virtually all of their wealth, which is represented in the homes they own. And it's about time that actual very wealthy people pay a wealth tax too. There has been um, a lot of activity at the state level as well as the federal level. Um, New Jersey's governor is pushing for a higher tax on millionaires. Um, one of your fellow patriotic millionaires, Abigail Disney, just testified for a California bill that would tie higher corporate tax rates to bigger gaps between workers' pay and top executives' pay. What about the debate at the state level? What does that say about the conversation, about the impact your organization is making, and the, and the chances for change? Well, I think it says that in a lot of states, people have given up on waiting for the federal government to make changes in the right direction, and they're just not. What's happening is that we are, I mean, we are supporting laws similar to Abby was supporting California at the federal level. Barbara Lee introduced legislation that we endorsed that would make the federal corporate tax rate a little bit higher on companies that have the highest discrepancies between the pay of the highest paid people and the um, pay of the lower paid people. And so, yeah, I think something like that can make a difference. I think that kind of thing might give companies a little bit of a nudge 
to either raise the pay of most people or have less outrageous pay for the very highest paid people. There's no shortage of people who are willing to take the jobs that pay millions and millions of dollars a year running big corporations. And in some cases, they are being paid more than any kind of value they're creating. The debate amongst typical Americans is also um, part of this conversation, right? And there was a recent University of Michigan survey that found that consumers were slightly more likely to believe that plans to raise taxes on the wealthy would actually harm economic growth than they have been in previous years. And that's despite the fact that there's so much national conversation around these issues. I wonder, you know, what might be driving that more negative perception of taxing the wealthiest Americans? And and does that concern you? Well, yes. I think there's a valid concern there because Americans are being told that the only way for them to survive is to have some kind of appeasement policy where they appease the rich people more. And, oh, here are these billionaires... You know, if you make them pay any taxes at all, they'll, I don't know, be mean to you or something. And that's just not a sensible policy. Appeasement doesn't work. The logic they're using is that, oh, there's some supply and demand of investments. And so if you raise the, you know, if you raise taxes, that lowers the return on investments and decreases people's willingness to invest money. But what they don't look at is like these wealth taxes that some of our senators are talking about, they'll be taxed whether or not they invest their money. So if people decide to have their money in cash, they'll pay a wealth tax. If they decide to invest their money in stocks, they'll pay a wealth tax. And most people make the same decision they make now. If they think that they'll make more profit before taxes investing their money, well, then they'll make more profit after taxes in that same decision. So having a wealth tax will not have a result in lowering investments the way that a tax on just investments would have, because this wealth tax would tax all wealth whether or not that money is invested anyway. So not investing their money would not reduce their taxes. In fact, it would reduce their after-tax income. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about some of the tax provisions that that your organization is is talking a lot about. The biggest is probably the carried interest loophole, right? The carried interest loophole is the poster child of ridiculous tax rules. And in fact, the, the 2017 tax law actually made it a little bit worse, in our opinion, by sort of embodying that into the tax code. That loophole basically says that we have a current preferential tax rate for people that make long-term capital gains. That in itself we disagree with. But what we really disagree with is the idea that you should get the benefit of that preferential rate for long-term capital gains even if you don't invest any money, but you're simply advising somebody else to invest their money. You know, imagine if you were um, trying to sell your car because you don't need your, you know, because you don't want the car anymore, and you got a haircut in order to impress whoever you're trying to sell the car to, and the person cutting your hair 
wanted to pay tax at the capital gains rate because they were helping you get a capital gain by selling your used car. You know, most people think that's ridiculous. And it's just as ridiculous saying that a manager of a fund should get the same tax benefits the investors in the fund get without actually investing money. You know, the accountants, the lawyers, plenty of people work in the investment business and pay taxes on their salaries. There's no reason why a hedge fund manager should pay lower tax rates than everyone else who works in the financial business, too. I mean, this this particular tax only affects a very small number of people, right? It, it generates... Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Probably in the low tens of thousands. Do we know roughly how much that tax, if you closed it, would generate in terms of tax revenue? I don't know. We don't know how much. The point isn't how much revenue it would generate. The government has plenty of revenue because the government can spend whatever amount of money it wants to. What we object to is the just the unfairness that a few very successful people pay much lower tax rates than everyone else who works for a living. That's what we object to. You also mentioned capital gains taxes. Explain how they're working today and how that is also an example of a tax that benefits the rich unfairly. Sure. Um, Currently, our tax rates range from um, 10% on up for people that have earned income, meaning salaries and wages that most people earn. Not for capital gains. My tax rates, since almost all of my income is from long-term capital gains, are zero for the first $80,000 or so, I forget the exact number, 15% up to about $470,000, and then 20% above that. So I pay much lower taxes, even though I don't work. I I do full-time advocacy as a volunteer. So even though I don't work, I have plenty of income, and I pay tax on my income at a much lower rate than everyone else. I could earn about $100,000 and not pay one single penny of taxes. Now, I actually earn a little bit more than that, so I do pay some taxes. But even those taxes are at a much lower rate than somebody like you that's a full-time working journalist. Um, And there's absolutely no reason for that. It's not like I, I decide to invest my money based on taxes. If the tax rate is 0% or the tax rate is 50% or even more, I'd rather earn part of a return on that investment rather than earning nothing. And so there's nothing, I don't have any alternative other than to invest my money in something. And um, that's what I do. And as what most wealthy people do is invest their money and then slowly sell their investments to make money to live on and pay taxes at much lower rates than working people do. What would you change? Would you raise the rates? Would you change those thresholds? What is it that your group is advocating for? Well, in that area, we would advocate, as some of our representatives in Congress are advocating, including... um, Uh, Senator Wyden, who's the ranking member of the um, Senate Finance Committee, simply having the same tax rates on all income, whether it's what we traditionally call earned income or what we traditionally call investment income. Uh, We don't see any reason why there should be a differentiation in tax rates between the different types of income. 
what about, you know, you mentioned middle class Americans. What about their ability to take advantage of, say, employee stock purchase programs? I mean, they're more involved in buying and selling stock today beyond the scope of maybe their 401k. How do you make sure that you don't harm those people if you change how capital gains taxes are applied? Well, we wish more people were involved investing money. The majority of Americans don't have any exposure at all to the stock market or investments because the majority of Americans don't have any savings. So we encourage people to save. We encourage people to save for their retirement. And we advocate for progressive tax rates, meaning people who have more income pay higher tax rates than people who have lesser income. And that applies to earned income, and it applies to unearned income the same way. I wanted to talk a little bit more about how you got involved with the Patriotic Millionaires. You know, of all the causes and all the options of how you could spend your retirement, why is this your passion project? How did you end up here advocating to uh, pay more in taxes? I tried becoming a professor at Columbia, but that didn't work out so well. I found there's not really too much demand for mediocre professors. But um, I decided to get involved in basically trying to improve the world for my kids and my grandchildren. I want them and other people in their generation to grow up with the kind of advantages that I had. And originally, I was making a lot of money and, you know, supporting them financially. And fortunately, I did fairly well at that. And fortunately, my wife and I did well enough financially that I don't have to continue working to make money. And I decided that this was the best way that I had that I could find to actually work on improving our nation that my children and now grandchild are growing up in. Thank you, Morris, for joining us today. Morris Pearl is chair of the Patriotic Millionaires. Hey, it's great to be in your show. That's it for this week's edition of Talking Tax. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. You probably have a lot of questions about the environment. Well, so do we. Are we talking like radioactive chemicals? Is this becoming sort of irrelevant if the US doesn't participate in this? What's going on here? How far did the Trump administration go? And is mining really better? down where it's wetter climate change chemicals water pollution you name it if it's in the environment we're talking about it listen to bloomberg environment's official podcast parts per billion wherever you get your podcasts and of course get up to the minute reporting at our website news.bloombergenvironment.com